What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Alex, free agency is upon us. Douglas and the Jets have been busy. We have a lot to get into, man, on the first day of the new year. Oh, we got uh, d- defensive additions in Carl Lawson and Gerard Davis. Picked up Corey Davis on the offense. We even got some special teams guys and resigned some of our own free agents. Uh, but before we finish all that, we also have some crazy league news. Alex, what's for et cetera today? What's going on, John? As for et cetera, we got just regular NFL news, general league topics. So we'll get into some of that when we get to that time. Yeah, all right, cool. Cra- just crazy things. Salary cap, people retiring, fake crazy contracts. Things are happening. Let's go, we'll right? We'll save it, bro. We'll save it. <laughs> Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. As always, I'm joined by my boy, Alex, who is here to keep me keep me sane and down to earth. Just letting everyone know that we just have to keep it cool, take it one day at a time. Alex, what's up, man? How you feeling? How you feeling just one day into free agency and three days into the tampering period? What's going on, John? And uh, feeling pretty good from these expected signings for the Jets. I know we're going to get more into that today, but feeling pretty good being part of Jets. Nation. I just saw Jets Twitter just in flames, roasting beat reporters, uh, you name it. It seemed like we weren't going to do anything where everyone was ready to hop off the Joe Douglas bandwagon or because no one was signed illegally, like illegal <laughs> tampering or the tampering period within like two hours. So let's just, let's cool people. John and I are here to to mellow you guys out, to to guide you through this entire process. We are Jets fans, all right? I, I know everyone's like, it, it's been, it, it's so interesting, John. We've gone from two drastic, like, we've really gone from so many different GMs. We had Tannenbaum, who was ready to to spend money, but also, like, under him, like, he drafted pretty well. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't knock him for that. You know, we had Revis, Mangold, DeBrickashaw, Ferguson. Sanchez is questionable, but we did a decent job. Then we go to Idzik, who couldn't draft, but was trying to save money. And then we went to McCagnan, who got lucky on first-rounders and then overspent. But now we have a guy who's trying to be prudent and not just crazy overspent. So we've gone through this whole system, and I think just fans have to understand that it's taking time, man. It's taking time to get here, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be ready to jump out the window yet on Joe Douglas. But before we get into that, man, I'm doing well, just to, just to put it point blank how are you doing if you if for those of you who don't know my boy john here went to the knicks game yesterday today we're recording at wednesday 907 p.m this man was there in philadelphia the city of brotherly love <laughs> representing the new york knicks with anthony from msg man and the crew unfortunately the knicks lost but john how are you doing man you looked you i know you must have been hyped i know you were screaming your head off i know you were so hyped out there how are you doing because you look a little exhausted yeah, I mean, I, I'm good, man. Uh, actually, I, I I took the second dose of uh, the Pfizer vaccine uh, at two thirty or something um, that day. So I drove to Philly. That was a great time. I was screaming, especially at Dwight Howard um, and number and his jersey number, number thirty nine, which was driving me nuts. Um, and just the fact that he was cooking us and hitting his free throws and then the Knicks weren't hitting our free throws, which was just not doing any justice for me. 
but I, I had a good time, man. We had to, I was yelling, me and Dio Pinson were yelling at each other because uh, it was like nobody at the stadium. The other fans hated us. I, I think we did. A, I think we did a pretty good job. I think we did a pretty good job. Nice, man. Nice. All right. And, and before we get into it, man, before we get into it, I want to know your thoughts on I know you're a big center guy. What if we had Dwight Howard? Would you be happy if we had Dwight Howard as a backup center? Uh, um, no, because he. I mean, if it's if we're, if if it's Mitch Dwight and Noel, forget I mean, Noel. That's not, forget Noel. Uh, so oh no. Mitchell. No, 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 no. I'm not. Good. I mean, he he, he, put, he There is a second coming of Dwight, but I'm not into it. I'm not into okay. it. All right. I just want. I just want to see. Yeah, but let's uh let let's jump into the Jets talk, man. Um, we <laughs> our first huge news, is, as you said, Jets Jets Twitter is in peak mode right now, and our first move of the off season was a linebacker that probably nobody ever heard of, Gerard Davis. Right, we signed Gerard Davis to this one year deal. Everyone's like, who is this guy? What are we doing? And everyone started going absolutely insane. Um. Gerard Davis, linebacker, one um, one year about seven million dollars, right? It's like I think it's like five and a half guaranteed, up to seven million. And this is a perfect. This is the time of year where contracts by the agent are sent out, and they look insane, <laughs> which we'll get into later. Like Taysom Hill, forty years, one hundred fifty million, where it's you just have to pay attention to the guaranteed numbers. So that's what the information that we'll be talking about today. But the Jared Davis stuff is interesting uh, for me personally, especially because. He's more of a coverage linebacker, and that's what we're looking for here. We're looking for coverage linebackers. He didn't really get that much burn um, in Tennessee, so obviously Salah likes him. He's probably going to be one of the will linebackers to cover. We saw that the tight ends are getting beefed up in our division. We'll get to that later, so we need to we need to cover, man, in, in, with our linebackers. And it brings us to a really interesting conversation with C.J. Mosley. Um He's coming back. He took the COVID year off. We're technically on him until 2023. But if we trade him pre-June 1st, we get $6 million of dead cap and we save about a million and a half, which is really not that bad. And if you trade him post-June 1st, it's only a 1.5 dead cap this year. Four, and then four and a half the next year, they just split it up. And then we get six million in savings this year. Um, that was a little tougher the post uh, June trade, but hey, man, twenty twenty one dead cap six million is, is not that crazy to get off your boy. And I just the problem is is the problem is is not C J Mosley. I'm really not one of those fans that's hypercritical about how he only played for one game so far and da da da. I, I get it all. He was hurt. He had Adam Gase, and then COVID happened. Like just unfortunate circumstances. Like we have him for two three years right now, and everything should be fine. The linebacker money's going up. Like he, it's everything's fine. We can keep him. The problem is we switch from a three four now back to a four three, and now he's out of position. And so, Alex, what do you think about C.J. Mosley um, and the Gerard Davis? Just like I guess, just our linebacker, the state of the linebackers right now. I know that um, on Twitter we had uh, Arthur Mollett. I think I can easily say previous. <laughs> um, Jets cornerback at this point because he commented on Instagram um, when he saw the Gerard Davis signing with laughing emojis and then he commented that, that we should have gave that money to Neville Hewitt 
who was an amazing tackler. He was a top 10 tackler this year, which I agree with. But the problem is Neville Hewitt, again, he, he's out of place. We need coverage linebackers. So, uh, Alex, uh, give me your thoughts on Jared Davis, uh, CJ Mosley, and uh, the state of the Jets linebackers. Well, I think for Gerard Davis, right, you, you pointed it out earlier. Um, we needed coverage at the linebacker position. We were just getting torched by tight ends. We were dead last in tight ends. You shared that information with me. And it's not even that hard to like not believe. I mean, I can just go back to thinking about Darren Waller having like 200 yards on us, right, and just against the Oakland Raiders. And we were just a funnel man for tight ends last season. And we needed to, we desperately needed to improve in that area. So signing him kind of makes sense. He's like an above average pass rusher, below slightly below average like uh, coverage linebacker, but that's fine because. Honestly, we had terrible coverage linebackers, so even being slightly below average is better than what we had last season. The way it's going to work with C.J. Mosley, that's going to be interesting, man. I mean, C.J. is probably going to play the middle, right, dead center in this 4-3 scheme. And where we put Gerard on the left or right side, it's dependent on who else we have for a linebacker position. So, I mean, Cashman's there. Blake yeah, Cashman, Cashman, who we yeah. drafted. I mean, I, I, we're definitely not done on linebacker, obviously. But so, like, right, right now, it's tough, man. Like, like you're saying, we have we have Gerard Davis, C.J. Mosley, and Blake Cashman. That's that's what we're sitting on right now. Yeah, and that's not really a good look. So, and I don't, I, I know there's like ideas of like thinking C.J. Mosley could potentially be moved, but I don't see the Jets moving C.J. Mosley just because gave him that big deal. He's on the books, honestly. Even though he was out. If he can stay healthy for a season, he's a pretty dominant line, like middle linebacker. So I, I'd be fine just testing the waters with him and seeing how the season goes. Gerard David, I, I guess it, it, that's the that's the place where we're going to have to see how else do we fill that position. Are we going to go into the draft and look for somebody, or are we still maneuvering through free agency? And we'll see. The Jets are moving slow. They're trying to get guys for the right value. But it's it's up in the air. I'm just – I don't mind it. I don't mind the Gerard signing because it's kind of a prove-it deal with us, right? It's mm-hmm. nothing – you're not investing too much money yeah, into nothing him. Nothing crazy. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I know everyone's circling around that one video of him on uh, like TV <laughs> Spy where he's just legit – Hanging out. Yeah. He's legit walking up to the line that gets pushed back by – I forget who, who the offensive lineman is. Yeah. It's funny. It's comical. It's like this is who we signed for a covered linebacker. It's like – And it was our first signing. Yeah. It was our first signing. So that's what concerned everybody. But, you know – I'm, yeah, as, not too, yeah. I'm not too worried about like who we signed for. It's, uh, just wait, <laughs> yeah. man. Like we're still in the negotiating process. Yeah, as as Jets Twitter was in flames, like you were mentioning before, we went out and signed arguably the best pass rusher on the market. I mean, I, I say that with you know the intent of Shaq Barrett wasn't really on the market, okay? Because there's there was no way he was leaving Tampa Bay. So other than Shaq Barrett. Carl Lawson was undisputed, like the the best pass rusher in the league, uh, free agency wise. But the best part about Carl Lawson is he's not the linebacker type. He's not the Bud Dupree, right? I, I, I know Bud Dupree's fine. He got the bag. I'm happy for him. But Carl Lawson on the deal, everybody. As soon as we switched to the four three, the joke was made. Of everybody needs. Pass rush from the from the from the four D linemen with no blitz because now we're in a four three and the joke was made that the Jets haven't had a pass rusher you know since we were all in diapers 
right? With John, with, with, with John Abraham, right? And Sean Ellis. Everyone skips over Sean Ellis. And that's really why I kind of, he's more of a Sean Ellis. I know he's, he's lining up on the other side, but he's more of a Sean Ellis than he is going to be a Johnny Abraham, um, in my opinion. But of course, like, Johnny Abraham would be nice. <laughs> you know, he's a nice edge rusher for us, but Alex, three years, 30 million guaranteed. That's the real number. Uh, we don't know exactly how it's going to be split up. He could, the deal could reach up to forty five million. The pro the prospect of Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, Fatukasi, and then John Franklin Myers is like absolutely bananas, dude. That's that's bananas. Like I, I'm I'm really trying to keep my cool. Like he had the five and a half sacks only. Um, there was a there was a fun stat that Seth Wilder from ESPN. Tweeted, uh, he did some research, um, so of sacks created, which is where the person gets credit when they beat the first blocker, and he's the first person there, but he doesn't actually finish the sack. Just an interesting stat. Um, Aaron Donald leads that, 19. Miles Garrett, 16 and a half. TJ Watt, 14 and a half. Like, if you hear these guys, Khalil Mack, 13. A couple other guys, and then Carl Lawson at 10 and a half. So, that five and a half to ten and a half window, that's that's nice, man. I'm really excited about it. Um the D line's finished. How crazy is that? Like our 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 defensive line is finished and now we just have to worry about linebackers and the secondary. I mean uh, it, it was it was a huge power move. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm glad he I'm glad he wasn't Trey Hendrickson for one reason. Because there's no question over whether it was him that was getting the sacks or whether it was because they were doubling Cam Jordan or because Davenport was, you know, or they weren't paying attention. There's none of that. Carl Lawson is undisputed, has been an absolute monster on the D-line. But Alex, give me your thoughts on, on Lawson. Absolutely. And it's a great signing, man. As you as you pointed out, we, we significantly upgraded the D-line from last season. We now have the edge rusher that we've been, like, wanting and – you know, everyone's talking about it. it's a major deal. Three year worth forty five million, thirty million guaranteed. It is a big deal, but this is the type, this is where we want to spend the money, right? In an edge rusher, this is what we're talking about as a tier one spending. So, for a tier one spending for a guy who's generated five and a half sacks, a career high thirty two QB hits, thirty eight pressures from the right side, right, and he's the third fastest to get off uh, on the get off rate at point seven three, which is only behind T J Watt and Bud Debris, by the way. Uh, according to ESPN Next Gen Stats. So we got a guy who's quick off the trigger, you know, quick, uh, just quick, can get into the backfield, cause some havoc. That's what we need. That's what we've been missing. That's why everyone's been able to throw on us. Hopefully this also helps when he jams a fucking tight end and can just stop him from getting out to the route and help the linebacker. You're like, this is the type of stuff that we need. And you're getting a beast from like Cincinnati. And just think about how beastly Cincinnati's front line was so if you remember how beastly before you know uh, Marvin Lewis was fired and what they were doing over there just remember that's what we're getting over here in Carl Lawson so it's a good signing I'm excited for it we got the D-line situated we can move forward and now focus on the linebacker and the court and the secondary when it comes to that uh to the draft or just the remainder of free agency I think we're handled the secondary and in the draft but that's a that's that's conversation for another time yeah, well, I mean, we can get into it right now, honestly, uh, because it, it, it is interesting because not only is the defensive line, as you mentioned, like completely solidified, the depth is there too. 
Like, you know, Shepard is there. You know, like, we're fine. Like, everything is fine on the D-line. Um, don't forget, we still have Zuniga from last year that we drafted. He, he, he's there. You know, he, he could... He can hang out behind Carl Lawson. Like I'm, I'm extremely. I mean, Kyle Phillips is still there. I am, I am. The defensive line really excites me, and it's so boring. But wow, like you, you see what a defensive line does when you don't need a blitzer. It's it's a game changer. Absolutely, and I guess just to add on for the Trey Hendrickson. Although it's so interesting that you point that that he was definitely like one of the targets for the Jets, right? Based on how this was going to go, and. Thanks. If you guys haven't checked it out, check out last week's uh, pod with uh, Harrison Glazer from uh, Take Flight Media. Really great in-depth analysis for the offensive side and defensive side of the free agency. As we're still going on through it, it's still very relevant. So make sure to check that out. And as John pointed up today, you know, and Harrison brought up last week, we don't know if Trey was actually getting those 13 sacks on his own. Maybe you are, you know, it, it is to the benefit of like Cam being double teamed, right? So that's something, as you said, we don't have to worry about. But, it, you know, I get I get why that was even a thought process. But I'm just so happy that we got Carl Lawson. No, we don't have to think about <laughs> and take that take that take that gamble, man. Because Trey Hendrickson would have wanted a long term deal with us too. You know what I mean? So we get someone even better. Yeah, and uh, so Trey Hendrickson got signed by Cincinnati. So which makes no sense. Um, they have, uh, I mean, they have 16 million guaranteed to him. So, I mean, obviously half of what Carl Lawson was getting. So, I guess it makes sense. You know what I mean? Douglas was not cheap on this one. Like, everyone was screaming and yelling about. Obviously, he went for the bigger guy. We could have took the discount with the question marks. But we kind of spent to solidify the D-line. And let's move on to the to the secondary, man. Because it's actually it's, it's getting interesting. The... I know this is the first day of the league year, but we already see the market thinning. We'll get to the offensive side of the ball with the wide receivers and the running backs. But let's 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 talk about the secondary. I mean, Adoree Jackson is is hanging out in free agency. Malcolm Butler. Um, we have uh, the cornerback from from the Patriots, J.C. Jackson. They just tendered him for a second round, and you know now he's a restricted free agent, so he could they could match it. If someone tries to sign him, I mean, there's some crazy things. Of course, Sherman's still out there. Rumors that Kyle Fuller might be cut from the Bears. We have, of course, Kay Williams was continues to be rumored to Salah and the Jets. Your boy Pulio still out there. Like, what do you, what do you how do you feel about the the secondary? Also, um, pretty interesting. They had Neil, the safety from the Falcons, who's a free agent, Keanu Neal. There's a rumor that he's willing to play coverage linebacker, which is like exactly what <laughs> yeah. Salah wants. He wants another safety that's going to like, you know, play in the middle and do that. So maybe he's like what, going that way because he sees the Jets still have about $50 million in cap. But <laughs> what do you, what do you think is going on with the, with the Jets philosophy in the secondary? I still think Sherman is going to be signed to the Jets. I think it's just, uh, it's just win at this point. I, I think he's just waiting out. I think, as you pointed out earlier, that Sherman negotiates all of his contracts. So Sherman would have to meet with Joe Douglas himself, whether that's through Zoom or, or whatnot. So I think he's just working out a deal, and we'll hear something sooner or later about him. Pulio, I would love to bring Pulio back. I mean, him in the nickel, man, he was so good. I mean, I don't know how you can If he's not signed, I think that just tells you the market for a nickel. And I think the Jets could bring him back on a cheap deal he's familiar with the area he's familiar with the area familiar with the team yes it's a new scheme and everything 
but I still think there's some familiarity with just knowing the atmosphere, knowing the team, knowing some of the management, uh, just that would be enticing to him. But I don't know. I, who was the other one that you said? KJ Wright was the... Uh, no, I mean, KJ Wright's always on my mind. I, yeah. I, I didn't bring him up now. I was talking about um, Neil, the safety from the Falcons, who was like, oh, who's coming out and talking about um, moving to linebacker. But you didn't mention Kay Williams, man. You don't think that Kay Williams is going to sign? I mean, I'm okay with Pulio. The, the, my, I guess my devil's advocate to you is Pulio's not looking for a discount anymore. This is, this is his big contract, and it stinks that the cap is down and the COVID thing. Maybe he's going to do another one year, but that's going to be his third one year deal. You know what I mean? It's time to cash in. So, but if he sees Fuller getting cut and he's probably, you know, maybe he's waiting on the K Williams uh, contract. I'm really not sure there, but for Pulio's standpoint, if the Jets are calling me with a discount, that's, I'm, I think I'd be kind of pissed if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I would be pissed too if, if someone called me with a discount. I mean, who is it? Jordan Jenkins got two years of a discount, right? And, we see what happened now, so he's not here. So, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense, right? But I, I, I'm just saying, if we're looking at it from the market perspective, if no one else wants you, why? Go, like, if no one else wants you, what are you going to do? Wait until someone signs you during midseason, so you're taking even a lesser deal. That makes no sense. So why not just come back? But we'll see. The, it's still shaking out. It's still early into free agency, so we'll see what happens to Pulio. But yeah, I mean. I could see Salah's guy coming back here, man. You know, it makes sense too. Do you think yeah. everyone from like the 49ers is coming over here? Is that, is that the well, you, process? You, I, I mean, like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be shocked if Sherman doesn't sign here because he's, he's not really on the Jets' trajectory. I mean, we're so young right now. We have all these young guys um, on the corners, even like Bless and Hall hanging out. We have. Like, I'm excited for a veteran slot corner for Javelin Goodry to get better. You know what I mean? I don't think we need Kay Williams to, like, a, a five-year deal. I think, like, a two-year deal is fine because we have the backup slot corner. I don't think we need Sherman. I don't think he's going to do – like, if you're talking to me, a, a Dory Jackson? Like, you know what I mean? Or we're going to – like, now we're talking. Like, now we have, like, a real cornerback. We don't even have to address in the first couple of rounds of the draft. You know what I mean? Sherman doesn't really do that for us. He's great. I'm, I, I, like, I've been advocating for Sherman this whole time. He's going to be a great coach. Sometimes you can't underestimate like what Josh McCown does for the team, even if he's not playing. Like That's kind of Sherman, and he's going to start. Hey, has he lost a step? Of course. He's not the Richard Sherman from the Legion of Boom. But like Malcolm Butler had a great year, like we talked about. Dory Jackson. I'd be, okay with, I'd be okay with Malcolm Butler. I wouldn't give Malcolm Butler a, a, a large deal. And yeah, all these guys like one or two year deals. I'd rather have over Sherman, to be honest with you. I mean, of course, Jace Horn is a beast. I'd rather, he's. I, I would love to sign him. You know, I'd love to sign him in the draft. Like that'd be great if he fell to us. But I just feel like a number one corner, like an Adoree Jackson or a Butler, that could hang out with Hall and Bless Austin. But of course, we need more depth. But I'm just saying, you know, like just to solidify that that makes more sense to me than a Sherman just just based on the Jets moves you know they're not looking at the veterans man like they're not like we're not looking at old people at all and like quote-unquote old for NFL terms you know what I mean yeah I mean it makes sense that they're trying to go in a younger direction right we're in that trajectory we're in that phase of rebuilding still 
and still, but rebuilding, but like moving forward, trying to get something better than we had last season, still trying to be competitive. We don't want another two win season. So I get that, but still you can't undervalue, as you pointed out, what Sherman would bring as a Josh McCown, because maybe you do want that veteran leadership. Maybe you do want that guy who's on the field type of coach who can bring that connection to the players. So I wouldn't fully count out Sherman. He does have a ring. You know, he does have playoff experience. I think it'd be very hard for him to go get another ring, you know, unless I maybe I, I don't even know if he get another one in San Francisco. Unless Russell Wilson leaves, like in Seattle is just like completely like He's out. He's out of San Francisco. He's out of San Francisco. Yeah, so but that's the only team that I could think that's close that would even like make a move for him, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what other, te- what other team would make a move for Sherman that's going to, that will be in playoff contention. So that's why I w- I'd say don't yeah. kind of count. Yeah, they ha- Kay, well, but Kate Williams that you brought up, right? Another yeah. 49ers guy, another, yeah. another Salah guy. I could see him coming in too on a short term deal, as you pointed out, prove it deal. I don't know how many of these guys are going to take short term deals, but I could see Kate Williams coming in for like one, two year, uh, it would be okay. It wouldn't be the worst thing, but it wouldn't be the greatest thing. It'd give us some like middle-of-the-line stability. That's how I feel about him. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that Sherman's been rumored to the Cowboys and the Vikings, but who knows? He's his own agent, so maybe he is literally just putting that out there. You know what the I mean? Vikings? The Vikings? Yeah, so they actually – Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it more in et cetera, but they just signed Patrick Peterson, so things are happening over there. That'd be <laughs> Yeah, so – it's 2011 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, for real, man. Um, but switching out, switching to the offense, and while you and I specifically, Alex, we like to sing Joe Douglas's, you know, praises all the time. I I I, I was upset that we didn't sign Thuni at first. But then when you get to look at it, his contract, how much he got, he set the market at guard, and the fact that he went to the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs cut two offensive linemen to be able to sign him and uh, Van Noy also. Can we talk about that? Hold hold on. I know people are upset about this, and and I get it. And I I can let you go wax poor. No, no, go ahead. Please, please. Come on, people. You're upset that we didn't get Joe Thune? Really? I'm sorry. If I was a free agent and I see the Kansas City Chiefs are willing to pay me top dollar and I'm going to a Super Bowl contender, the Jets are not even in consideration. And the fact that even anyone would think that Joe Douglas should be slandered for not getting Joe Thune, like, what do you want him to do? The market was set at what, 80? Right? Was it around 80 million for, for, a, left, for a left guard? He, he literally broke the market <laughs> That's for <insane>. left guard. <laughs> That's insane. Like, what, we would never. Don't even think about doing that. That's not even a question. What do you want the Jets to do? All right, we're going to pay our left guard $100 million to come play for the New York Jets, and we're probably not even guaranteed to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> Literally like a million. fucking brilliant idea. Like, relax, people. I can't I can't believe that was even a thing. Go, go on, John. I just can't, yeah. I can't get over this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And I, I, I guess I, I that's all I needed because, uh, as you were saying, we're, everyone's freaking out. We didn't improve the offensive line. We didn't call for Lindsley, who also set the market at center. I mean, Sheesh. what are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I don't want to set the market anywhere. We set the market at cornerback, you know, Tremaine Johnson, awful idea. We set the market at linebacker, CJ Mosley. We were trying to trade him 10 minutes ago. <laughs> we set the market at, at running back, uh, who also wanted $100 million, but we still we broke the market on Le'Veon Bell. 
It wasn't just the Jets. He couldn't get a carry with the Chiefs either. Like, it's not uh, – setting the market, not not the best move, man. I feel like we learned that. Yeah, it's not the best move. And we can't keep go- – how quick we forget about all these moves too, right? How quick we forget about all these moves. So you – with Lindsley, I get – I can kind of get it. You're like, okay, he went to the Chargers. Once again, he set the market for center. My other thing is that he's injury prone. So you, you want to create the high, highest market for a center for a guy that's injury prone. And let's also look where he's going to. We saw <laughs> we saw what the Chargers did, right? We Justin saw, Herbert's a beast. Yeah, we saw, what Justin, we saw Justin Herbert legit just like ball out his rookie season. So if you're Winsley and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Should I go to a team that doesn't have that? I don't even know who's their franchise quarterback yet. We don't even know what decision they're making. Or should I go to San Diego where they have their franchise guy right there? Like, like, come on, guys. Like, don't even like the, between Thune and Lindsley. Like, it's not it's not anything to be upset about. It's really not. Well, we could figure it out through the draft, which it looks like what we're gonna have to do. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll, and it looks like uh, Alex Lewis and Van Roten are, are here to stay for now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so Pat Elfine got signed away to Carolina, which is a, a pretty surprising signing. But other than that, we're still hanging out with the same offensive line. But what did change, Alex, we got another Davis. Basically, if your name is Davis, you're good to go on this Jets team. We got Corey Davis signed. Woo! Woo! I... Everyone's freaking out. I love this deal, man. Two years, $27 million guaranteed. The fake number is three years, 38. So I guess it can, you know, it can get up to there. But we're good after two years, man. And Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, question mark, Berrios, Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, Josh Oxen, Lawrence Cager. Like, talk to me about these wide receivers, man. Did, did Corey Davis excite you like he excited me or are you – Kind of freaking out with that we don't have this quote unquote number one wide receiver. I like Corey Davis. I mean, he's a good wide receiver. He's not uh, the one, you know. Kenny Galladay is the guy that I want, and uh, to hear that he's in our crosstown rival offices right now with the New York Jets. I mean, New York Giants. That's uh, it's a little disappointing because I do I do like the way he is. He has such smooth route running, and he can just go up. He has such a great catch radius. That's the guy I wanted. That's the guy I want. But Corey Davis is a very good, I guess, what, uh, like second, third option to go get out of this, like out of this uh, free agency period. Not Juju Smith Schuster, for the love of God, because he's going to want a contract. And I mean, I didn't like how he finished off with Steelers. What you want? You want Juju? Let's like talk Juju? about it. I want to talk about it. I want. I want. I want to talk about Juju. I want to talk about the rest of the wide receivers. And I, okay. I'm with you. I, I love Galladay just like you, but. Like I said, we signed Corey Davis for two years, $27 million. He fits in the system. He's one of the best uh, run block wide receivers in the game. And that's, what is that, like $13, 14000000 a year for two years? Kenny Galladay's about to get like three, four years, like $15 mil each. You know what I mean? Like it's just a different ball game. He's about to break the market wide receivers. You know what I mean? And I mean, look, Curtis Samuel just got a nice deal with Washington. Like it's – it doesn't – like, just on the Joe Douglas philosophy, and no matter how much we, like, kind of, like, beg and plead and, like, you know, poke holes in other and behind other curtains, it looks like Joe Douglas is on a philosophy. Like, he's not going to set the market. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's not going to set the market, and that's fine. I don't need a guy who's going to set the market unless it's like quarterback and like we have the best quarterback. That's when he starts setting the market. And usually quarterbacks always set the market every single year. So I wouldn't be shocked if if we, you know, whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Sam or whoever we draft or whoever down the line, like if he gets paid at some point being the highest paid quarterback, it happens every single year. That's a position I don't really care about. It's every other position I do care about. But, you know, Corey Davis is a good is a good wide receiver. Let me talk about Corey Davis for a second because I know people are all upset about this. I think something that people have to understand about Corey Davis is that every single season he has improved his catching percentage. He started from 52.3% his rookie season to 58% to 62% to now 70% this season. Okay? That's impressive, man. Like he catches he catches 7 out of 10 things he 10 balls he's throwing his way. That's amazing. It's and he's with most the receivers that we've had in the past. He's with AJ Brown and John o. Smith, who are eating up the catches and targets and play calls. And he has Ryan Tannehill. That's his quarterback. He's not rolling with he's not rolling with Peyton Manning out there. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. So, right, he Corey Davis caught uh he caught 65 receptions out of 92 targets. Uh nine off the of 92 targets, I'll take that. And he had close to a thousand yards. I think he could still do that. Uh, you're just adding weapons to this offense. And to have pair him with Denzel Mims, who we're trying to figure out, is he going to be our number one? Is he our number two? You know, he's still growing. We didn't get to see that much of Mims last season because of the injury. We'll see what happens this season. I think Corey Davis is a good is a good two-year gap to figure out what is Mims. That way we're not overcommitting on another wide receiver where it's like, all right, do we have two one, number one wide receivers and then have to figure out how to get both of them in touches? Which... In theory, it doesn't sound like a bad plan, but can sometimes not always work out in the way that you want because everyone, wide receivers need to get their touches. You know, we, we've seen wide receivers, what happens when they don't get their touches. We've seen guys like Odell Beckham Jr. We've seen guys just demand the ball. So we don't want to get in that type of situation. I think it's just a good warning period to see what we have in Denzel Mims too. But I like it. But I know you want to get into Juju Smith-Schuster. So let's let's get into Juju Smith-Schuster. I want to... Oh, well, I mean, I mean... I mean, yeah, I agree with your with your Corey Davis, you know, analysis. And I mean, he was the highest PFF graded wide receiver, but he was also what do you have like nine? I think he had like yards per yards per game, like ninety and a half. His DVOA was ninety. I mean, the guy was a beast. What I do want to talk about can, is oh, he actually, played. Can, can, oh no! Go, yeah, go ahead. We're, we're still talking about Corey Davis. No, go ahead. I was gonna say he plays twenty, like was it, like twenty three percent in the slot. So it's not like he's, uh, you know, this like he, he he can move around. I like that he can move around on the offense. Yeah, absolutely, and that's something good because that's what you want in your wide receiver. You don't want anyone who's just stuck to the outside, stuck to one side of the field. We don't need any of that nonsense. I like guys who are able to move around, and that's a good thing about like Denzel Mims too, right? Denzel Mims can also move around as well. The only one that can't really move around is Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder is like legit the squat guy. <laughs> and so and Juju, you know, Juju spent eighty five percent of the snaps last year in the snap in the slot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing with me for like. We'll, we'll talk more about Juju. I just want to go ahead. Point this one. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I just want to point this one thing about uh, Corey Davis before moving along yeah. because, you know, I said Corey Davis got ninety two targets right and caught sixty five percent for receptions giving him that 70%. A.J. Brown didn't get that many more targets. He got 106, caught 70, and had 66% catch. 
Uh, uh, AJ Brown's one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. I think he's like top five. No, I'm not saying that he's not. No, no, I'm saying, and Corey Davis is comparing to him. It's nuts. Yeah, so we're getting a good wide receiver. So for anyone out there who's concerned about Corey Davis, we're getting someone who's good, who's on the up and up. So I, I'm excited for that. I'm exci- I'm definitely excited to see what Corey can, Davis can do. And he's been relatively healthy for the last three seasons. I mean, this year was kind of weird. You know, he got to play, you know, he played 14. But for the most part, he's usually played at minimum 11 games. That was his rookie season. He then played 16, 15, and 14. So you know you're going to get Corey Davis for a majority of the season. If not yeah. the season, I should say. Yeah. So Corey Davis, Denzel Mims. Jameson Crowder, Braxton Berrios. We just re-signed Jeff Smith and Vincent Smith. We oh, got yes. Josh. We got Josh Doxson coming back uh, from his um, year off in Africa, chilling. And then uh, we got Lawrence Cager. The question is, man, and you brought it up. You keep bringing it up. Your boy Juju. Are you cut? If so, if you cut Jameson Crowder, you get ten million. But why cut you? I mean, you don't have. You don't have to cut him. You can also restructure. But that's a, that's a different story. But let's just keep it pretty simple. If you cut him, you get $10 million. Juju Smith's probably asking for like 10 to 12 for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to re-sign Crowder, or if you think Juju's better than Crowder, I mean, I feel like that's an easy one. But I don't know. I, I love Jameson Crowder too. Um, what do you think, man? What do you think about that move? And Barrios, I mean, you laugh, you laugh. I, I get it, but he's fine. He he could he could sub. He could be the backup slot. No, I laugh at Barrios just because we always bring him up, and like we, he's like this super like he's the super depth uh, slot wide receiver, and it's just the thing that we have depth at a slot wide receiver. I mean, we can also talk about my boy Vincent Smith because Vincent Smith was actually doing work last season too. So yeah, know. the Smith, the Smiths are Agent Smiths. They're back, man. This Agent, I like that. Agent Smith, I like that. Was the Matrix? I, I'm down with that. I, I really like that. Yeah, they're chilling, man. They're good. They were good. And and Berrios, I, I think the I think my favorite part about him, honestly, is that he was drafted by the Patriots, and then he's doing well on the Jets, kind of like the anti Woodhead. So I think that's why I kind of like him more. He, yeah. me, he means something to me. He has a special place in my heart. <laughs> that's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I mean. Absolutely, you're getting a better wide receiver when you're when you're talking about. Uh, so let's get back to the Judy Smith before I start just rambling on something. Looking at Judy Smith Schuster, looking at Jamison Crowder, yes, Judy Smith Schuster is definitely better than Jamison Crowder. That's that's no question, neither here or there. Like Juju gets a lot of targets, he catches most of his targets, he can he gets to a lot of yak. Uh, he's very dynamic, but is he? Is, but if you get Judas Schuster, and I get the connection if like you're keeping Sam Darnold, the connection with Sam Darnold too, totally get that as well. But are you paying Judas Schuster to be just a slot receiver, like, or are you like trying to utilize him in many different like facets of the game? Because that's where it's like, what did what's the value getting out of this guy? How much you got to pay him just to be a slot wide receiver? You know what I mean? That that that's where I come to this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like before this year, he was kind of moving around before they signed Claypool, and he was having good years, and now this year that he got kind of stuck in the slot, he had kind of an off year. But I think that's also a game that general managers are playing. Like, hey, man, you're just a slot receiver, 
we're not going to sign you to this much money. And then as soon as he gets on the field, they're going to be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> we're running trips here. You're going to be on the right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like that's the move. By the way, you're starting 90% of the snaps and uh, you're never coming off the field. But thanks for taking this discount. Appreciate it. Uh, no, that sounds I, about I, right to me. Yeah, no, that's definitely how every NFL team tries to treat their players. <laughs> Sadly, it's not laughing in that they should. It's just laughing because it's so true. It's a reality. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just reality. Uh, very well put. But no, I, I like Judas Smith-Schuster. I'm just – it goes back and forth, man. Like, what do we it's do? really only him and Fuller. It's really only him and Fuller. Rashard Higgins is gone. Curtis Samuel is gone. All, all the receivers Will are Fuller, gone. Unless you're telling me Denzel Mims is going to be our, our SWAT, that's the only reason I see Fuller coming in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, unless, unless – yeah, man. Here's, here's it doesn't make sense. If, if, we, if we get Will Fuller and cut Crowder, I will cry. Like that is not a move that I want. I do not want that move either. I don't. But think if it's Juju, either. If it's Juju, I get it. I don't love it, but I get it. You know what I mean? He's younger. He's coming up. Crowder's older. Maybe not going to resign him. We're using that money to get off it and kind of hand it over. You're getting younger. I get it. You know what I mean? You're kind of taking the stock. You you, you put you put money into a good stock. It went up, and then you kind of you know you're kind of taking it at the top, and then you're reinvesting it. You know, into the younger slot receiver. I, I, I get it. You know, he'll, he's also a good blocker. I know we, we think of him because he does TikTok, so we like, you know what I mean? We like drop him on the pedestal, but he's a good blocker. And if you have good blocking wide receivers and we're running the outside zone, which is what Corey Davis is going to be doing a lot of the time, I, I just, I, I don't mind it. But if it's not Juju Smith, I'm, I think we're done. I think like we're done with wide receiver. I really don't see us like doing anything else crazy. We have we have a lot of guys, like yeah, I, like we mentioned. I, I agree with I agree with you one hundred percent. And like I can I can get it too. Like I can get it if some I can get it if Joe Douglas want to go get Juju Smith Schuster. And the only reason I would be okay with Juju Smith Schuster is because he can play the outside. You can you can if you get all three of those guys. If you get Juju Denzel Mims and Corey Davis on the field, that means you can rotate all of them around and have them doing totally different things and just completely just throw off the defense because you'll never know. Who, Who's the actual main guy? That's the, that's the that's the biggest intrigue. The thing is, like, could you? So you would have to restructure it, then find a trade partner, right? And then would you have to find? A, you would probably have to find For a who, trade Crowder. Partner. Yeah, Crowder. I think you would just cut him. You just cut him, and yeah, you would save ten million. Yeah. I mean, they could. You just that. literally take that. You just take that ten million, hand it over to Juju for the first year. You know what I mean? And then you could. And now we still. We'd still then touch our cap space that we have, and then you could add on whatever you need. You know what I mean? If you want a two-year, thirty million, whatever it is, but you can't really. You're gonna pay more than Corey Davis, obviously not, because then he would have went in the first day. But you know, but who, who knows? Galladay's gonna get more, so that's not an exact science. You know what I mean? But like, what are we paying usual? Like ten to twelve, thirteen a year. If we get ten million dollar, like a, a stimmy check from Jameson Crowder, and we, you know, and we and we give that to Juju for one year. You just need to cut like one or you know our cash base is fine. As the hip children are saying, uh, <laughs> stimmy check. I don't even know what a stimmy is. <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm fuck with all you out there. But no, nah, nah, I, 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 to, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, it, it the, the, the more I talk it out, the more it makes sense to get Juju and just like have that 
I think that's just the most intriguing part is that you just don't know who's like the, the main wide receiver for any play because you could rotate all of them around. It's still like a, I'm still on the fence about it just because I don't know what the contract would be. But if you're just cutting Jamison Crowder for Juju, it's not the end of the world. I do like Jamison Crowder. I think he's very yeah. reliable. He's been Sam Donald's blanket. I He's been holding not, it down for us. That's what hurts, man. You yeah, know what I mean? A, that's, that's what sucks. Thing. That's the thing is like out of everyone on the wide receiver core who's been consistent, it's actually this guy when he's on the field. So it's kind of, it kind of sucks to be like, all right, you've been very consistent with us and we're just going to scrap you away and just bring in Juju Smith-Schuster because, you know, bigger name, better talent. Not that <laughs> yeah. you haven't been rival to us, but it's hey, tough. man, get the fuck out of here. I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's tough. Make sure it really is. Make sure you don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough. It's tough. Um, but jumping jumping to the running backs, before we get into uh, some quarterback talk, which I know you have some thoughts after last week's uh, Harrison Glazer, you know, just praise on Zach Wilson. I know you have Waxing some thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but before that, let's just talk about the tight ends, I mean, we didn't get John Smith or Henry. They actually both went to the Patriots. We'll get to that, et cetera, but we're not going to do not, anything there. I'm not even upset about Hunter Henry. John Smith. Poor John Who. I know, but he got paid. John, Again, he set the market. So what are you going to do? The, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I was not expecting for him to set the market. I was I know. Really well, not that, expecting that. I know. I know. Well, that, that's well, the thing. It's like if you're tell if you if you if you told me Bill Belichick is gonna set the market in free agency for a tight end, I'd be like, "You're bullshitting me! Get the fuck out of my face!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, we'll, we'll we'll get into that and et cetera. But you're totally right, and I completely agree with you. I I'm curious about your uh, your philosophy on on Billy B. But is that because I live in Boston? <laughs> Yeah, just you know, I, I'm just curious as you know what you think about uh, about all these crazy moves because, like you said, it's very out of the ordinary, and we've been living with this guy. I feel like for so long, <laughs> you know, what I mean? we've been watching him. <laughs> so it's, uh, I'm excited about your take on it. But for us, I mean, it looks like at, at the moment we're staying with Herndon and Griffin. It literally makes no sense to cut Griffin, no matter how much you don't like him, um, for whatever reason, for the hip injury, for what he said, for getting arrested or the day he got drafted for anything. You could, you could dislike Ryan Griffin for lots of things, but at the end of the day, we literally lose a half a million dollars. If we cut him, <laughs> we literally lose more money than we save. It makes no sense. So for now, we're going to stick with the tight end and probably address it in the draft. <laughs> to be honest with you, like the Kyle Pitt stuff, not at two, but like, I don't doubt it. I've been watching some Kyle Pitt stuff, man. And if, Another rumor came out today from Chad Forbes, which take that as you will, that the Jets like two players in the top 10 and they kind of want to trade down and get two players in the top 10. If that's the case, one of those guys is Kyle Pitts. So this is, it's interesting. So look for the tight end to be not Pitts probably, but look for the tight end to be addressed um, in the draft, but maybe also someone like Jordan Reed. You know what I mean? Jordan Reed played with San Francisco last year in the floor and, it hurts me to put him on the field, but if he's going to play, he can play for us. Hurts you to uh, put him on the field. I know. I know. It's, it's, I know. Okay, it really does. I like, don't like watching him play, but I also love watching him play. Um, so the tight ends we didn't touch, and the last part of the offense is the running backs. Uh, we're kind of keeping that in-house, man. We got Ty Johnson still. We got P. Ryan that we drafted, and we just uh, re-signed Josh Adams. So, I mean, I know we were clamoring for – not us, but the world was claiming for Aaron Jones as usual. Um, Jamal Williams, we wanted. He got signed. Uh, Juszczyk got a crazy fullback deal. 
Uh, set the market. Set the market. <laughs> yeah, for real though. I think that, that, that has to be the name of this episode. Uh, <laughs> like, so for real. I like, cr- it. I like it. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I've said it a hundred times, but like, it's so true. Uh, we're just not doing that. Uh, it feels good. It really does feel good. But yeah, that's that's what our running back um, room looks like. And I kind of want to comment on this. Le'Veon Bell, right? When he got his contract, I was super happy. And I guess the consensus from him, the league, and other fellow running backs was he kind of opened the door, right? Like he, I'll say it, Alex, quote-unquote, set the market for the running backs. And then he kind of opened the door to like running backs are worth it. You know, Zeke got drafted and then, you know, Bell's going to get the big contract. And so we're kind of like on this trajectory. But I think the exact opposite happened, man. I think because of how awful that ended, and especially with him going to the Chiefs at the end there and still not working out, I really think it, it like had the exact opposite domino effect where now like nobody's even considering paying running backs. Like it's not even a question almost, which is crazy. As they should. But no, Leonard Fournette like, I know, but it's crazy, right? Like Leonard Fournette, like he won the Super Bowl. He he won in the playoffs. Like playoff Lenny was legit. He without him, Tampa would not have won playoff games and would not have won the Super Bowl. Like Christian McCaffrey got an, an insane contract. Carolina did okay, even though he was out last year. Saquon Barkley got drafted high. He didn't play all last year. The Giants were fine without him. The running back situation was not the issue. Like it's so crazy how the running back market is like completely like just changed. Like it's it in the perspective from like only like a couple of years. You know what I mean? And like you said, dude, Jerome Bettis not walking through that door. But then Hunter Henry's, I mean, not Hunter Henry, Derrick Henry is still hanging out. And he reminds me of, you know, of J- Jerome Bettis and Jamal Williams. It's just such a crazy market, dude. It's, it's the running back situation is insane. Running backs should not get paid. All right. That's it. Like, stop it. Stop with this nonsense. Like, it's a, it is the last position to worry about. It is, unfortunately, the truth of the matter is when it comes to the running back, like if you're a good if you're a good pass blocker and if you can just run hard and you can get to the gap, you can do the it's it's probably the most basic position on offense to actually play, right? The quarterback we already know. They have to understand the entire offense. The center is a commander of the entire O-line and the O-line itself understanding the different levels and how to block different guys based on different schemes that you're seeing every single week between 4-3, 3-4, all the different variants and how guys are moving left and right. That's important, right? Guess who tells the running back where to go? The quarterback. <laughs> and maybe the center that we also don't have. Maybe the center. <laughs> maybe the center. Like, if we want to talk about wide receivers, wide receivers have to understand how to run different route patterns. They have to block. They have to do – there's just so much that goes into it. Blocking is huge for us this year in the outside zone, too. Like, as you kept pointing out, like, you're so right. The wide receivers almost matter more than the running back in this system. Because this is a passing league, right? We have to have guys that can actually catch to be athletic and do all those things. And it's tough when you have someone who's going to run either straight into you 10 miles an hour and you can't see because you're facing at a ball behind you in order to complete that pass. Much more da- dangerous position. We've seen wide receivers get laid out and just even and even tight ends, right? So when it comes to the running back, legit, and this is like no, this is not like slandering running backs to the extent where you're like they're not useful. They can't. They like you don't need a talented running back, anything like this. That there's, it's just 
legitimately like the last piece that you need for an offense is your running back. If you have a rookie and they just know, they understand like maybe a rookie sophomore, maybe understanding like blocking coverage in the backfield, maybe that, maybe that takes a little bit of time to get. But we see from the get-go that there could be good running backs that understand pass blocking or they don't. And then some of the times we see a lot of running backs that who are just not good at pass blocking at all. And you can't leave them on the field. And then you have guys who are good at pass blocking, but they can't catch when you put them out on the flat. So it goes back and forth. It's like you're looking for the super running back, but that super running back shouldn't be like the thing that's prioritized. And look, we had uh, Jeremy Cohen on here for the Knicks podcast, right? And what do you say? It's like, as much as it's cool to have Saquon Barkley, I wish we went with a quarterback instead because you need a quarterback, man. The quarterback is, you need a quarterback. There's so many other areas to address. We see what happened with Zeke with in Dallas with a below average O-line that he didn't have. He didn't have the crazy numbers that he did, right? We, we've we seen, um, what's his name? Who's uh, who's on the Rams? Uh, uh Oh Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah, he's actually a free agent. Yeah, I know, but even like we saw what happened with him on the Rams, and we saw what happened with him in Atlanta. And it was like, even if you watch him with Atlanta, he had a lot of touchdowns, but nothing about his performance like really inspired you. What, what inspired you about it? Um, you want to go to how Devonta Freeman wasn't inspiring either, which is why he's not on the Falcons anyway. Like, come on, like we can keep going down the ch- we can keep going down the chain. Le'Veon Bell was a disappointment. Yeah. We could talk about uh, what's his name. Um, Oh my God, Detroit's 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 running back. Uh, well, David well, they, Johnson was also David well, Johnson from the Cardinals going to Houston was also a disappointment as well. Yeah, don't even tell Johnson, me about Detroit. Carry on Johnson, carry on Johnson for Detroit. Like we saw last season. Bro, they've ago. drafted they've drafted a running back for the last like four years in the first and second round, and Adrian Peterson led them with, with rushes the last like two years. But that's what I'm saying. Like carry on Johnson two years ago was actually like pretty impressive, and then this season underwhelmed again. You know what I mean? So like, AP's the guy. He's 100. Like, what are we doing with running backs? Like, this is where it's like, it's so bonkers that you overpay. Like, unless it's someone who's so consistent on a daily basis, that's like a Jerome Bettis and Derrick Henry. And let's keep in mind, Derrick Henry, his first couple of years was not this impressive. It took him a while to get here. And now that yeah. he's here, it's like, oh, snap. Like, this guy's a beast. So if he could be consistent like that, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, they're all transcendent running backs. But they're not winning you a Super Bowl. We did. What, what what's like this is where it just doesn't make sense to just spend so much money on, on running backs you can just wait like i think for the jets right now go after going off on my rant about running backs that's why they stayed in house like they see how bad it is it's like well, we don't we don't have anything yet to really just to top the cherry off you know we don't we just don't like nick Chubb yeah. and kareem hunt are on the same team and how far did the browns go yeah, I, I, I really love our, our running backs in-house, Ty Johnson, P. Ryan, and Josh Adams. And I definitely see us, you know, using the draft. Um, as we mentioned a couple times, we, we had some prospects uh, coming in. Najee Harris from Alabama, another, I mean, Derrick Henry, you know, Derrick Henry kind of guy who might take a couple years, one or two years, but he's a three-down back, dude. And, and, and the kid from Clemson, Travis Etienne, he's a beast. If we can grab one of those guys in, like, the second, third round, and as you see, like, everybody's going to be screaming, God, they're absolute monsters. How? Of course they're going to get drafted in the first round, second round. But, like, look, everyone, you know, no one's drafting them, no one's signing them. If he falls to one of our third rounders, man, that would be a steal, an absolute steal. And I think that Douglas has that in mind. And that's where it makes sense, right? First round, 
wasting on a running back doesn't make any sense. If you, if you get someone like that in the third round, I totally get it. Um, it's all about drafting value, right? Your The value of where you draft a player um, is is the primo is the primo like key to how successful like, or how, how that player should be valued because when Saquon Barkley drafted second overall, if we do that draft again, are you taking him second overall? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I probably not. He's of course probably not. Going later, you're going later in the first round, second round maybe? For I think Sam Darnold would get picked. I think the Giants would take Sam Darnold. But that's, the, that's, that's, that's a conversation we're about to get into, man, because, like, it, it, it's nuts. Like, it, it's absolutely nuts. Like, so you're not drafting Saquon Buckley, too, but you're drafting Zach Wilson, Alex? I need to know. I, I'm not drafting Zach Wilson at two. Like, there, I'm sorry. Um, and like, I, I so after the conversation with um, with Harrison Blazer, I still have to listen to his pod. So I, I just did some film. I did some film study myself. I, I went back and watched a lot of the film, you know. And, and the one of the things that I saw when watching when watching Zach Wilson. There's things that that are definitely there, there's a lot of positive there's there's some positive about him I, I will give you this he's got arm strength and he, he knows how to put it right into that he knows how to put it right into that pocket definitely knows how to do that his mobility mobility is like very quick release quick release too yeah quick release quick release quick release he's got the arm strength he can zip it right in there very good mobility absolutely like a kid can run he, he he's elusive poison the pocket. Very good too. He doesn't. It doesn't look like he gets rattled. Even when he, someone's coming around, doesn't get rat. Doesn't get rattled that much. Okay. Hit him with however, the butt. Hit him with the butt. However, this is my thing. If you watch every single game that you of Zach Wilson, he has had the cleanest pocket I've ever seen in my life. My man, I could be out there pulling out a lawn chair, taking a sip of tea, read the read the paper, get back up. And then throw a ball. That's how great that offensive line was. All right. And when we talk about what was the town city faced, like when you talk, when you're telling me like Houston, all right, I didn't see anyone getting to him in the pocket and causing disruption. But when you watch him go against uh, Coastal Carolina and guys were starting to disrupt yep. him and he couldn't yep. get into that rhythm and couldn't get into that type of stuff, it's he was like running for his life. Passes were over guys' heads, were too old, too short, were <laughs> too far below the knees. That's you the know, only real team. That's the only real team they face. Ed Oliver is not walking through that door for Houston, man. Yeah, and guess what? Like, if that's what he's showing you against a good team, like in college, now that's not, like Coastal Carolina. Who's Coastal Carolina? You know what I mean? We're not talking. Whoa, 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 whoa! Not, we're not. But we're not talking. I just love them. I just love them this year so much. I'm watching almost all their games. But I'm just. But I'm saying this is not like LSU. This isn't Alabama. This is any like major SEC. SEC team like when people talk about Patrick Mahomes who he had to face and when you watch Patrick Mahomes and I went back and I watched Patrick Mahomes film I wanted to compare you know where are you getting this Mormon Mahomes stuff and I, w- I went back to even watch Sam Darnold and stuff when you watch Patrick Mahomes and seeing the creativity and even the stuff people were talking about like his form and stuff like that I don't know what people were talking about man his form was pretty fine he was hitting guys on target for the most part when you watch Patrick Mahomes and people were like well you see us behind the behind and all this type of stuff, he was doing a pretty damn good job. Zach Wilson, like I said, throws the ball very well. Anticipation and timing, eh, not too, uh, not too keen on that. I think he's a scheme-fit quarterback for Zach Wilson. I think if you do not have a good offensive line, you're not seeing the Zach Wilson you saw in college. And if the Jets do not 
amp up their line. And if they if he had something that Sam Darnold had this season or for the first like just the same three seasons that Sam Darnold had, I think we're seeing the same same thing from Zach Wilson. There's no way you're telling me that a guy coming straight at you he's going to evade. And even from watching that Coastal Carolina game, guys were going straight at him. Guys who got past the O-line, they were disrupting him. He did not look comfortable. He was not ready. Instead, what did he do? He ran most of the time. Like, he was throwing short balls. He wasn't getting the deep ball that you wanted to see. Look at those games. Look at the offensive line. Look how much time he was given. Like, is it impressive that he got, like, he threw some guys who were in tight coverage? Absolutely. I won't take that away from him. But... Look how much time he had to plant his feet to to set up and let that thing go. It's I don't know. I think he's I think for him, he'll be fine. He's gonna be a good quarterback in the league. I don't think you'll I don't think I don't necessarily think you're missing out if you miss out on him. He's not this I don't I don't like people are talking about Trevor Lawrence and well, even when you watch Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is cr- crafty. When things start breaking down, you see Trevor Lawrence move up, move left and right to the side of the pocket. And it, when guys are starting to, to maneuver around and the pocket's starting to break down, I'm not seeing that with Zach Wilson because he didn't have that. He didn't. His offensive line just gave him that much time. Go back. I, I, I encourage everyone to go back and go watch that offensive line. It is phenomenal. Let us know if we're wrong. Let us know if we're wrong. Like, yeah, I, 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 I want to hear it. And, you, you, pull, yeah. out, pull, out all the, pull out all the film where he is being pressured by the D-line. It's got to be the coastal game. It's got to be the coastal game. Send send it to me and show me where I'm wrong. I want to see it. I don't see it. I don't see how this kid – like when you watch Trevor Lawrence and you watch that pocket break down, the fact that he can move left and right, go on the run, and still throw something on target while being chased – It's crazy. That's impressive. And Zach Wilson – yes, Zach Wilson had times where he was being chased and threw it. But the guy was like coming from all the way from the left side after being held up for a time, and he's like taking his time to go throw the ball. Yeah. I don't know. I think he'll be a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to suck. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is a horrendous pick. I don't, for the Jets, I don't see how you're justifying this being a two quarterback for the Jets and the Jets taking him at number two, thinking that he's going to solve your problems day one. He will not solve your problems day one. And that's why I'm fine with, that's why I'm fine with saying, hey, go with Donald for the next two years. And then if it doesn't work out, 29 million. 29 million total. Yeah, just go. Then you could go start looking. That's, and this is like. That's that's literally Corey Davis money. Corey yeah. Davis got two years, 27 mil. I think it's fine to pay Sam Darnold two years, 29 mil. Yeah, and give him some weapons to work with. Like, can he actually get some weapons? Like, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, you're right. That's all, that's all I have to say. No, you're, you're, absolutely, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and you know what's crazy, Alex? That the news that came out today was that Schefter said. Four quarterbacks again drafted top ten. Four. So you're talking about you you're just mentioning Zach Wilson and how he might not be worth it. And obviously Trevor Lawrence is one. Zach Wilson's obviously gonna go around the two three range, depending on to who gets him. But you have another two quarterbacks that are gonna go right there too. Like I guess Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Like that's that's a lot, man. That's a lot of if you're a lot of uh off season um bolstering, <laughs> I'll call it. Yeah, I th- I honestly I think um like BYU ran a lot of a spread offense. I know I know Shanahan kind of likes to run a spread, right? So I could kind of get the understanding of why you'd want uh, a Zach Wilson. 
then again, we don't have the offensive line yet to protect him. So you're either putting him out there in, in straight line danger. But I really, I really don't see how you're telling me this kid is like that close to uh, – I don't see how you can tell me he's that close to Trevor Lawrence. I don't see how he's that close to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I agree. And I, don't, I, and I don't see that. I agree. And and the news is that NFL GMs and coaches are laughing at the Jets for wanting a high second-round pick for Darnold. Okay, fine. And I, I think that Douglas is like, this is my price, and you're not giving it to me? Fine. And I think that we're going to the, – the newest rumor, I guess, for the Jets is that they like two players in the top ten. I think that's a little exaggerated. Uh, but I guess they mean they like two top 10 players, not necessarily, you know, like Mac Jones is not a top 10 player, but he, he's a top quarterback, so he might get drafted early. That's the rumor. Yep. Um, so that that kind of sounds to me, especially because I hear about a war for Sewell, the, the offensive tackle, like between the Falcons and Carolina and Cincinnati, things are happening, Miami, Um so to me, that kind of looks like Mika Parsons, the linebacker who, like we were saying, is an absolute monster in the coverage and the tackling. He could be, I mean, he could be the next Khalil Mack. So it, it really is possible. Uh, but probably better in coverage too. Anyway, um, and Kyle Pitts, who we were talking about earlier, a, tight, a dynamic tight end who could be our George Kittle. So just a couple things to uh, keep your eye on if we do keep Darnold. Kind of trade down from the two, maybe package the twenty. You know, like trade down from the two to stay within the top ten, and then package a twenty-third pick with something to get back into the you know top fifteen in the first. Like just a couple of rumors flying around. It's still early. Zach Wilson pro day coming up in a week and a half. Justin Fields end of the month. So just a couple things to keep your eye on with the offense and the quarterback. Just last signing that the Jets did was we got. I am so damn hyped. You could ask Alex and our producer, Ricey. I, I'm not, like, people blowing up the group chat about, like, Kenny Galladay, this, that. I'm yelling about Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy, quote-unquote cornerback from the Saints, but he's really just a gunner for his special teams. And do yourself a favor. Just go to YouTube and Google Justin Hardy highlights. And, like, that's just sit back and watch him. The guy, you, you, Alex, you talking to me about Henry Anderson and his block kicks? Henry Anderson, give me a break, man. <laughs> we got Justin Hardy now. We got the gunner. And I, what I love about this, and we, we keep forgetting, right? Everybody's happy, man. We got Salah, our head coach, defensive head coach. He got a linebacker who can cover and Carl Lawson. We got Joe Douglas. He knows he has to help out the wide receiver. He got... You know, Corey Davis, I'm sure he's going to be drafting offensive linemen like Creed Humphrey or Dickerson. Give me Wyatt Davis, like Slater. One of those guys is going to be on this team, Vera Tucker. And so I think that's where he's going to get most of his, you know, juices from. But Brent Boyer, man, Boyer Boyer and Leon Washington are special teams guys now. They get to have some fun too. And they got Justin Hardy, um, who I love when this, I love when players of the team get upset when they lose a guy. Especially a guy that like nobody's ever heard of. Like you're not doing it for clout. Like Cam Jordan is not doing it for clout to say how upset he is that he lost Justin Hardy. You know what I mean? And so it, it, it just excites me, man. Our special teams is very important. He's blocking kicks. He's the first person down on the punts. And we got Braden Mann and we got Justin Hardy. And that just leaves one thing, man. 
Oh, kicker. We are, we are dying for a place kicker. And I know you hate it, but I really think we should draft one. Not in the second round. Not Mike Nugent, but I do think that we should draft a kicker. I'm thinking someone like Evan McPherson from Florida. We got Jose Boragas. I know I messed that name up. I was watching some highlights uh, recently. He's like almost 90% from Miami. Uh, so one of the floor, the Gator or the U. And then there's a, there's a guy from Memphis who I... <sighs> Riley Patterson, I think his name is. I think he was like 70% last year. That's kind of tough. I don't want Riley but the, the other two guys, I'm really hoping that one of the two uh, get on the team. Any thoughts on our uh, special teams before we head out of here? I don't really have that much to discuss on the special teams, man. So I think you said everything. I think you wrapped it up pretty well. Um, Any predictions? Any predictions on uh, before the next pod? I, I, think, I think the only one for me right now is uh, Kay Williams. And I'm not... And we're going to have closure on Jameson Crowder by next episode. Whether we're going to get Juju or not, or whether Crowder is going to be staying, restructure, I think we'll have some some closure by next week. I, def- I definitely agree with you on the Juju Smith-Schuster, Jameson Crowder. We should definitely have closure on that. I think Sherman will be on the Jets. Honestly, I think we will. That, that's what cool. I'm going to say. I think so we both, we both got a 49er. We will get one 49er. <laughs> okay, everyone gets one. All right, cool. And that, that wraps it up for the, for the Jets section, unless you have anything to add. That's it, man. All right. Stay tuned for et cetera. We got some league news, some moves around the league like Bill Belichick, the Raiders, Chiefs, Tampa. We got Drew Brees retiring. Just some things to discuss. And we're back, everyone, with the et cetera section of the Jets podcast. And as always, we like to go around the NFL league news. And things are happening, man. Alex, crazy. Like, I almost am not going to recognize half these teams. I know that sounds like I'm exaggerating, but... Things are things are moving. Things are moving fast. Yeah, man. We got things happening around the NFL. I think the one I want to start with first, I want to slowly work my way into the uh, Billy B one. That one's going to be last because, you know, Patriots are our foes. So I want to be able to go in on them at the end. But let's start off with the, the nice, simple one. Nice, ceremonious Drew Brees retiring from football. Makes sense. Broke his ribs, so he was. He's. You saw his play just start to de- go on the decline, so it made sense it was going to retire. And now he's part of the broadcast team, man. He's part. He's going to be a broadcaster, so <laughs> it's going to be nice seeing him commentate games. It'll be interesting. I do like. I, I do like his. Uh, I do like his takes. I do like listening to him. I would. I hope he riles everyone up on the broadcast just as he did while he was a quarterback for the Saints. Just. Just do that. One, two, I forget the whole thing, but I would like to see. Yeah, the the the, the Saints pregame. So who, yeah. who do you who do you, who do you got on the mic, Breeze or Romo? Oh, give me Romo all day. I'll take I'll take Romo all day, man. I, Romo is the freaking wizard of calling games, and if Drew Brees starts to do that, though, if he starts to like really break it down and call plays, giving you that true quarterback eye, which is what people loved. Like what Romo did, I didn't like when CVS like cut him back from doing it. It's like, no, that's what I want. Like, I actually want to learn about the game. Like, I want to hear what a quarterback is saying. I want to hear what they're seeing and calling it because I want to learn the game more in an in-depth, nuanced way. I hope Breeze does that. I think I, I hope he does because he is a quarterback and he has that knowledge. He's been doing it for <laughs> over like ten years, right? So I would hope he brings that to the broadcast. Ten years, forever, it feels like. And I, I can never forget the Eric Barton hit. 
the 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 Eric Barton roughing the passer on Drew Brees when he's on the Chargers. I mean, that's yeah, my man. that's my number one Jets Brees memory, honestly. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember him being on the Chargers. I remember playing Madden and having him on the Chargers, and, and that was a fun time. And those powder blue uh, jerseys with the yellow, uh, with the really like neon, almost like neon yellow bolt. That was cool. But what do you think? Would you take Breeze or Romo on the mic? I got. I'm. I'm. Your analysis was spot on. I mean, learning from Romo was amazing. Um, I know it's like guesses. They they call it guesses, but it's obviously not. He he knows the formations. There's there are a lot of generic things that players and teams are running, and a lot of easy spots that we literally have no idea about. We think we think we're geniuses. Oh, he's gonna run it here. Like Romo's like, yeah, obviously. Like they're looking for this. This happened. That means it's a run play. You know what I mean? And like it's just, it's nice to like get into that mindset and. The one thing I noticed about, like, um, especially like following different agents on uh, NFL agents on Twitter, is they kind of they're always looking at their guy, and they kind of make me, well, definitely like the last year or two. Um, I like I no longer watch the ball. Like I'm watching the offensive line. I'm watching the matchups. You know what I mean? I'm watching Corey Davis. You know, f- have have a, a fist fight <laughs> with the with the cornerback, and like that's why you know Derrick Henry is is allowed to like go nuts sometimes you know it's just like i i I appreciate the romo stuff um but i can see why it's annoying if you just like call on the play every time like all right man like let me just see what happens you know what i mean like people like the suspense they don't want to know that it's a run to the right they just kind of want to you know see it happen no absolutely i think for cbs when they did it they cut it back too much where he, he wasn't giving his natural like broadcasting uh, feel that he, he, he that we grew accustomed to, but it's definitely a balance. Like you know, we're we're trying to we're doing a podcast here, so it's a balance between understanding where to use numbers, when not to use numbers, mm-hmm. what type of analysis to go, de- when to go deep, when not to go deep. Because no one wants, you know, there's certain people who want to hear like stat heavy. There's certain people who want to hear design heavy. And you're just trying to keep balance, and that's all we ask from like Tony Romo too. But yeah, no, absolutely. It'd be annoying if like he's calling the same play. Like, yeah, is this one? No, is this one? No. It's yeah. like, okay, I get it. Kind of. It's like someone it, telling the movie lines while you're watching the movie. Like, all right, I know you like Step Brothers, man. I don't need the lines. What's uh, <laughs> what's worse? What's worse? Someone telling you the lines, or someone asking you what's happening next when you're both watching the movie for the first time together? Oh uh, yeah, place. or or like what just? Ha- yeah. I, I guess I I can't. I'll be a jerk if I say like with the person that asks me what just happened. I gotta be nice, right? I can't. That's not annoying. It's like, oh, what was that? Who was that person? What just happened? Like, I don't know, man. I'm watching it with you. <laughs> oh man, yeah. My fiance well, does this. My fiance does to me sometimes. So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm watching it with you. So can I? What's don't get in trouble here, Alex. Don't get in trouble here. Don't get in trouble here. <laughs> but let's let's. Oh, before go ahead. before before I let you go, uh, just so everyone knows, Drew Brees has joined the NBC uh, broadcasting team. He'll be doing Sunday Night uh, Football. On, on, oh, on, nice! On NBC, so that's 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 where he's joining. Oh, so you ready for some football? <laughs> Him, Tony <laughs> Douglas, I would presume, uh, or Tony Dungey? I mean, Tony, Tony Dungey. Dungey. Yo, oh, you got you got your mind on the the backup point guard for the Knicks from twenty years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a Knicks podcast today. Someone's like, someone brought up Tony Douglas, so that's why it's fresh. <laughs> um, that's funny. But what do you think? What do you think about Taysom Hill versus Winston? That is interesting. I hope Jameis wins, man. Jameis needs to win that. Can we just end this Taysom Hill <laughs> thing, man? Like, I don't like this experiment. It's not – I don't know why this is a thing. 
Just give well, it to Winston got Winston got LASIK, man. You can see the linebackers now. I believe in him. Thank God. That way we won't we won't, we won't set a career record for like even like thirty TDs, interceptions. Dude, the interceptions to the linebackers were tough, man. My God. That yeah, I got Winston. Tough. I got Winston too. Taysom Hill. I mean, he is that he is the Tebow experiment going well. Like he is that gadget guy, and everyone's having fun. Sean Payton probably like has a ball on like Thursday nights writing up plays, you know, for Taysom Hill. Eh, whatever, but just. They're not going to go anywhere without Winston, I think, like being the actual quarterback. And I think it will eventually happen. I agree, too. Like You have to go with Jameis Winston in order to move that team forward. We saw what Taysom Hill did last season. It didn't really motive- – it didn't move the needle at all, really, for them. So I don't see how you can't go with Jameis. But, John, let's move off from the Saints. Let's talk about uh, the rivals down the street with the Kenny Galladay news for the New York Giants. Do you think they're going to get Kenny? Yeah, man, it makes sense. I honestly, I you know what's funny? I thought Corey Davis was going to go to the Giants. That seemed like a like a nice move for them. I'm happy we got him, and I thought that we were going to get Kenny Galladay. So I'm kind of I'm I'm okay with this, you know, the other switch. But it looks like he's also getting other interests too. It might be like a money thing uh, for Galladay, and it's going to be interesting what happens with the wide receiver market. Man, I know we keep talking about it, but I can't believe that Galladay's not getting like twenty million. I know that's crazy, but like he's so good. Like the Lions, I feel like haven't won a game without him on the field. Well, I think the issue was is that this past season he only played five games, right? He was injured. Yeah, this was his year. Yeah, this is the bad year for him. That's the problem. Yeah, it was he's an anti Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> yeah, bad year. Only had five games, and the thing is, like he was project, like he was going in that trajectory of like playing a lot of games, and he came on slow too, right? He didn't really start off his rookie season hot. Sophomore year, he started to come on the scene. He had over a thousand yards, caught seventy, caught fifty-eight percent of his uh, catches, or or targets, I should say, and got one hundred nineteen targets. Same thing around the same echelon the following season: one hundred sixteen, sixty-five, another, and got even more yards, eleven ninety. And now he played all sixteen games, and prior to that, he played fifteen in twenty eighteen. But this season, only five games. I don't, it's hard to pay a guy after coming off an injury season. Didn't do a lot of production. It's it's rough, man. It's rough, but he is a talent. I, I honestly, I don't know how a team wouldn't take the gamble on him. It makes sense that <laughs> he's moving on from Detroit. Team's going a different direction, so I don't know. I think for the Giants, that would be a pretty stout core. Honestly, the him Sterling Shepard. Uh, who who's the who's the burner that they have? Uh, oh, this is annoying. There's too many names to remember. This is too many names to remember. What is his name? I had him yeah, too. Yeah, I know. I know. He's a, well, I, I know they signed John Ross, actually. Yep. Um, they got Sterling Shepard. Oh, um, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. Thank you. Slayton, yep. yes, the burner. Um, yep. So they got two yeah, burners now, John Ross got, and Slayton. Ross, Slayton. They got Galladay. They got Dante Shepard Pettis, who, had, who did okay on some weird plays. He's kind of like their, their Berrios, even though he plays yeah. on the outside. And then if if Evan Ingram finds his hands, it's uh, yeah, it's decent. That's, 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 that's a good squad, man. That's good yeah. Galde Galde is nice pickup anywhere he goes. To be honest with you, yeah, absolutely. But to go to a core like that though, where you could just spread the ball around, yeah, the more weapons, harder is for a defense to cover. Dan Jones might fumble game. less. That's all you need. <laughs> Turnover machine, dude. Making apple making apple turnovers. In the, the Dude, it's apple. ridiculous. Watching Daniel Jones fumble drives me nuts. 
Anyway. Let's talk. Fun fact. Did you see what happened, though, uh, to uh, – this is fun in NFL news. Give me a second. Pull this one up. Because I saw this today, and I was just – I could not just not laugh because uh, – did you – so Pro Football Talk tweeted this uh, – when was this tweeted? On March 6th, it was tweeted that Rams D lineman Michael Rogers <laughs> sees Matthew Stafford as a level up over Jared Goff, right? <laughs> That was him being quoted. Today, on March 17th, <laughs> the Rams are finalizing a trade to send veteran DL Michael Brockers to the Lions to go back with Jared Goff. Not even that, 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 that is terrible, but the compensation it may, might make it even worse, man. It's a 2023 seventh round pick. <laughs> it's insane. Dude. <laughs> That has got to be so awkward in the locker room. It's like, yeah, Matt Stafford's a level up from Jared Goff. Hey, we're going to send you back with Jared Goff. Yo. Hilarious. And not only that, they both go from L.A. to Detroit. Tough. Just tough all around. I hope they're all giving uh, Blake Griffin a call to see uh, how that how to transition well. Because Blake... I don't think Blake's transitioning very well. The other day, Nets versus Pistons, he clapped on the bench on the Pistons. Yo, sport. I did see that. <laughs> Yo, I get that, though. It's like first game... He still hasn't played. Game. He still hasn't yeah. played for the Nets. <laughs> he hasn't played for the Nets. He hasn't played for the Pistons in a while. So, again, he got a little confused. A little confused. I hate the Nets. But that was funny, though. Confused. That was funny. That was great. That was great. Oh, man. Woo! Just some 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 uh, there's some crazier moves like as we mentioned Patterson uh, Patrick Peterson going to Minnesota that's a big cornerback move we got the Chiefs like we mentioned Dooney and then they got Kyle Long coming out of retirement to join the Chiefs too so they're 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 building that offensive line for Patty Mahomes I didn't see yeah. Kyle Long to out of retirement what yeah for the Chiefs man they got they they know what they're doing everyone's freaking out that they cut Mitchell Schwartz like all right let's take it easy they're fine um they're building. Yeah. They got Pat Mahomes. I think they're fine. <laughs> and they got Dooney and Long. That's a that's a solid free agency right now. You got Tampa, who has made an absolute mockery of this of the salary cap. Salary cap is non-existent in Tampa Bay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they just restructure and like Brady has like a fifty million bonus now. Th- things are happening over there. But shout out to that front office. Um, they're doing work out there, hey, and they're going to repeat, man. So I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, let's get into that. The last one I was going to mention was um, the Raiders doing weird things. Their offensive line, they're kind of shedding salary, making weird trades. They just traded an offensive lineman to Seattle, so Russell's probably happy about that. But let's get into let's get into Billy B and the Pats, man. They they they, they signed the two tight ends and Matt Judon, and they, they they're signing everyone out here. They 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 paid more for Nelson Aguilar than we did for Corey Davis, which is absolutely insanity. Yeah, I can't believe that. What do you think? What do you think about these Bill Belichick moves? I have my own thoughts, but I want, I want to know, I want to know what you think. I know he brought Cam Newton back for uh, on a one year stint, but I think he's going with a quarterback in the draft. I think there's been some rumors circling around that he's trying. I don't. I think there has. Um, but I, I, I'm expecting him to try. Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been I the think, guy I for. I think, the I think that's where we're going. And honestly, no honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if the. the if he, they're trying to reach out to the Jets and trying to make a trade, you know what I mean? Try to just. You it would never so? happen. It would never happen. I, I, I would. I don't think. I, 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 don't, I don't think, think Bill Belichick call picks up the phone and and willingly calls the Jets. I don't think that's a real thing. Sees a New Jersey uh, <laughs> line area. Yeah, think, like, nope. 
<laughs> yeah, like this is like there's just so much animosity. Like even even with the Jets and Giants, it was kind of weird when we did that Leo trade. I just I don't they think I don't think they, they kept him. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, we had the yeah they did keep him. We didn't get the the difference between the fifth to the fourth round pick because it wasn't an extension. It was a new contract after the year. But still, we got a third and a fifth for Leo Williams. Pretty good. And the last trade, the Jets, I think the only trade, I'm not sure, is it only? I don't know. I don't think it's only. But the last trade that the Jets, the first trade that the Jets made in the Bill Belichick era was a Demarius Thomas to the Jets for that uh, six-round pick. Because I, because obviously the Jets and the Patriots traded a while ago, but since Bill Belichick, that was the only trade. It was a Demarius Thomas for a late-round pick, and it was probably as a favor for DT. Uh, to get back with Gase, uh, I, I don't think that he's calling us. And I don't think we're giving him a quarterback. So, that's call, fine. I'm not. I'm not looking. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Get us out of there. Get us out of there. I don't want to help him. Keep Cam Newton and Sidham, bro. What happened to Sidham? Wasn't Sidham the number one guy? Yeah, that's what. That's what was telling me last year. Yeah, last last year was Sidham was going to be great. We're going to look, guys. Just because it happened once, where you find Tom Brady in the sixth round, doesn't mean you can find everyone in the sixth round or some. We gave you Tom Brady. We gave you Tom Brady. Who was that? Wasn't that Sean Ellis too that did that? That that took out uh who who took? Uh, we took out. We had to just take out Drew Bledsoe to freaking. No, he was um he was he was Sean Ellis's number, but it was Mo Lewis, bro. Mo Lewis is the ah, one that right. that killed Drew, Drew, thinking, Drew Bledsoe. Because it's always the, the ninety-two. Yeah, hey, you're right, you're right, you're right. But yeah, dude. I mean, we 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 gave you Tom Brady. We're not giving you Mac Jones. We just can't do it. But no. I, like, what are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts on Bill Belichick breaking the market for John o. Smith and spending all this money on Judon and Aguilar and all this stuff on the first day of free agency? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like I said, man, I think it's him trying to move up. I think he's going to try and move up in the draft and get a quarterback. I think he's looking for the quarterback of the future. And you can spend money on talent, which he needs to do, right? The team was just barren on talent this past season. Eight of the guys decided not to show up. So he has to like revamp the roster somehow. And I think it's getting ready for a rookie quarterback. Whether And I think he's also hedging his bet on Cam Newton this season, giving him another try because we know last season the only weapon that Cam had who went down was Julian Edelman. So he's saying, hey, all right, you know, let me get you two tight ends. Let me get you Hunter Henry, Jonah Smith. Let's revamp the O-line. Let's revamp the entire team. If you can do it, that's great. But we're going to draft a quarterback, too. We're going to try and move him and get a quarterback, too, to hedge our bet because I don't think he wants to keep Cam Newton for the future. Cam Newton didn't also play that well last season, too. Throwing-wise, it didn't look so great. But I can understand putting another one-year deal and giving him a shot because, once again, everything was just kind of up in flames in New England. Yeah, and that's the most that last point you made is the most interesting point because if you remember, Billy B came out and he said, paraphrasing, what did you want us to do? Everyone opted out, and we didn't spend any money for the last couple of years. We kind of sold out, and this is what you get. And that, you know, that's what, that was kind of like – I mean, it's not word for word, but that is, literally, like, that is what he said uh, in a presser, which from Bill Belichick, that's – it's significant. He never says anything. It's like Russell Wilson coming out and complaining about the team, and that turned into a trade request because he never says anything. It's the same idea. Um I think it's so interesting, man. The fact that he's—I mean, 
if he's going for a rookie, that means he's thinking five, six years, you know, of development or like three, four years in development. That's that's a that's a lot. You know, what this with spending so much in a free agency to me means is, yo, I just don't care about the future. Like I'm in it to win it right now. Like three, four years. Like who who buys Nelson Aguilar for that much money? <laughs> if you if and and Matt Judon, if that like here's the thing with Judon, man. I, he's he's good. He's a good player. He's gonna fit in the system and he's gonna play well. But like another character issue for the Patriots, like isn't that isn't that just like a weird move? This feels like they're going all in, man. Like they're they're getting the two tight ends. Do the Aaron Hernandez Gronk? You know they they're getting all their they're, they're gonna beef up like and and they're gonna run the ball a bunch and they're gonna have Aguilar spread out the safeties. Their defense is gonna come back and they're gonna win games like thirteen ten. You know what I mean? And and, and the Bill Belichick's gonna get in the playoffs. I don't know. I, I just. I guess my point is, I, I feel like the Patriots are really just diving in for the next three, four years, and then Bill Belichick's going to be out. Like, he's going to literally, and it's his right, he's going to deplete all, all the assets out of this Patriots team. Like, by the time he leaves, they're going to have no draft picks and no money. <laughs> I really think that. Here's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that he's walked in for five years. Let's remember, too, that Josh McDaniels didn't take that job in Indy. So he could also be, he could also try to set up Josh McDaniels for, you know, a nice career too. Cause he saw, he was like, yo, you drafted Tim Tebow out in Denver, bro. I don't know if I can, I, I'm going to try to help you out before I leave. So take Mac Jones. I mean, if I can get Bill Belichick you. might be the worst drafter of all time. So I don't know. I don't know if he could help there. Yeah. I mean, Josh McDaniels is, I think is a lot worse. So if we're going to be, if we're going to be fair, if we're going to be fair. Uh, but I don't know. I think, I, I think that, I think that's one thing to keep in play is that this could be setting up Josh McDaniels for life without Bill Belichick because I don't know if Bill Belichick wants to keep coaching. I, I think there might be some rift between him and Kraft still based on the Tom Brady incident and wanting to trade Brady and use Jimmy Garoppolo because he liked Garoppolo. I think that's still in the air. I think Belichick is just working out whatever time he has left with the team. So we'll see what happens. I, I once again, I don't, I don't care what happens to Bill Belichick in the sense of like for a team, <laughs> but um, I do I'd care if it's going to affect the, if it's going to affect the Jets. So I just need him gone. Not, huh? I just need him gone. Just go away. No, we got one gone. <laughs> We got Tom Brady on, so I mean, we're playing him this year. So I don't know how gone he is. It's only once, all right. It's <laughs> once, it's once yeah. he's out of the division. I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't want to lose to him, but I don't care at this point. I really don't. I really don't like. <laughs> I am looking forward to the Tampa versus New England game this year in New oh, England. Yes. It's going to be a crazy oh, game. That better yes. be a Monday night. You know what's going to be crazy? I can see Gillette just. Standing up and applauding once Tom Brady like does something, it's going to be the weirdest atmosphere where everyone's they love just, him, where everyone's just cheering nonstop. I feel like that's what's going to happen. Maybe they even might boo their own team for Tom Brady to win. I don't know. That might be the the, the day of reckoning for them because it does, it does piss me off that everyone that all the Patriots fans, even though they suck, they're everyone's all happy for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone's a Tampa Bay fan now. So what's going to happen when he comes into town, man? What's going to happen? 
they're gonna root hard for him when he's playing the other AFC East teams. So they're gonna be hyped oh, yeah. about that. So they're gonna yeah. be that's gonna be on full tilt. But what's what, the day of reckoning is coming when he's gonna have to play you guys. And we're gonna see what happens. I still think that I don't know, man. I think I think they're gonna be. High. I think that, I honestly think for that day, no one's gonna root for New England. Everyone's gonna root for Tom Brady that day. I, I can imagine Gillette just having a bunch of like Tampa Bay gear and no Patriots gear. Or if they are wearing Patriots gear, it's all Tom Brady jerseys, and that's it. Everyone's just rooting for Tom Brady to win that day. So don't care out of division. Bill Belichick. I hope you don't get the quarterback. I hope your team goes. I don't know, five and eleven. From here on out, please leave us alone. Leave us alone. But, John, I think that's it for all the NFL news that I got. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it, man. That's it. Sweet, man. Sweet. Another Jets episode in the books. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in and listening to John and I ramble about the Jets or even Knicks if you listen to both pods. But please make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, and to tell a friend. And we're on all streaming platforms. We're on Stitcher, uh, Overcast, you name it, we're there. All right, even Google Play, we're also there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Nick's comma, Jets, comma, ETC, period. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter. And we also do other work besides this podcast. John is writing at the Jet Press. You can find myself over at Hoops Habit, NicksFanTV.com. And if you like sports betting, you can go over to Tally site. So make sure to follow us on all areas. Make sure to follow our individual accounts too because we do other stuff as well outside of this podcast. But that's it, everyone. We'll catch you next week with our boy Ricey on the Knicks episode this week. Oh, yeah. You know what <laughs> it is. Go. Mr. Raisin Man himself coming through. <laughs> Let's go. It should be a great episode. It should be a great episode. It's always fun. So if you're a Knicks fan, even if you're not a Knicks fan, come check it out. Or a music right, fan. Everyone. All right, everyone. Catch you later. Let's go, Jets.